Welcome to the Private School Leader Podcast, where private school leaders learn how to thrive and not just survive as they serve and lead their schools. I strongly believe that it is possible to have a long and happy and fulfilling career as a private school leader. And my passion is to help you figure out exactly how to do just that right here on the Private School Leader Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Minkus. So when I was a kid, I used to love it when it snowed outside. You know, sometimes you get a snow day. Sometimes you go sledding, build a snowman, whatever. Christmas morning, if it was a white Christmas, man, that was the best. I used to love snow when I was a kid. But then I kind of stopped liking snow as much when I turned 16 and I started driving and I had to drive in the snow. And I want to talk to you for a minute about the tires on your car. Because if you live in the Northeast and you have a front-wheel drive vehicle or you have an all-wheel drive vehicle, you know um, that if it's getting to be, you know, beginning of December, and not just the Northeast, there's obviously Midwest, Upper Midwest, there's lots of places where you need snow tires, good tires on your car, but I live in the Northeast. And here's my point. I want to I want to just talk to you for a second about friction. You are you know from science class that if you've got good tires with good tread that when you're on that snow that it's going to create more friction and you're going to get more traction and you're going to be able to drive more safely or go up a, a hill or all of the things that you need, okay? But you also know that if your tires have hardly any tread on them and you have bald tires that you're just going to spin and spin and spin because you're not creating any friction. And so you might be asking yourself, what the heck does snow tires have to do with private school leadership? Well, on today's episode of the Private School Leader Podcast, I want to talk to you about why and how, why you need to create more friction between you and your email inbox and why that's so important. So before we get into that topic, I want to say thank you for listening to the podcast by giving you a free gift. It's called The Seven Steps to Having Successful Meetings with Upset Parents. This is an 11-page PDF that gives you a step-by-step plan to have better meetings with the parents at your school. Every good coach has a game plan. Every good teacher has a lesson plan. But too many private school leaders don't have a plan when they sit down to meet with an upset parent. Well, now you have a plan and you can grab this free guide at the privateschoolleader.com slash meeting. And if you want to feel more confident and be less stressed when you meet with a parent, you should grab the seven steps to having successful meetings with upset parents at the privateschoolleader.com slash meeting. And I've created another resource for you called the six things that every private school teacher wants from their leader. And this guide is a six-page PDF that I think can be a real game-changer for you at your school. And I guarantee that if you do these six things, the teachers at your school will be happy to follow you. And you can grab that free guide by going to theprivateschoolleader.com slash guide. And again, both of those are free gifts just to say thank you for listening to the podcast. So I told you I want to talk about creating friction between you and your email inbox. So we're going to do a few things here today. First of all, we're going to talk about what is friction. 
Um, number two, what are some ways to create friction in my life? Number three, why do I need to create friction between myself and my email inbox? And then number four, what are three ways that I can create more friction between myself and my email inbox? So I'm going to walk you through it, give you um, the reasons why we're doing the thing, and then explain some tactical strategies that really work that will keep you from dipping in and out of your email all day long. All right, first of all, what is friction? So friction is a noun. The definition is the resistance that one surface or object encounters when moving over another. So you get it. You know what friction is. It's, uh, you know, the example that I gave about the um, about the snow tires. Um, and, you know, it could be an ice skate versus someone in uh, work boots or, you know, on ice. And you get it, you know, resistance of um, one surface or object and counting another. And creating, creating friction in your life can be an effective strategy for breaking bad habits and for starting good habits. And I think you see where I'm going here. The idea is to make it more difficult to engage in your bad habits while making it easier to adopt good habits. And so I want to give you some examples, both the positive and the negative. And what I mean by that is increasing friction to make things more difficult and reducing friction to make things easier. So what are some ways to create friction in your life? This is all leading up to us talking about your email inbox. Okay, so in my office, I'm going to give you an example in my office and in my bedroom. So these are two ways that I create friction in my life. I make things harder for myself to do things that I don't want to do. So in my office at school, when it comes to food and drink, I control my environment and I create friction. And so in my office, the only things that are ever in there are there's some protein bars that are low in calories, low in fat, high in protein. There are water bottles. And in my little fridge, there are Weight Watchers microwavable lunches. I've given this public service announcement before that Weight Watchers or Lean Cuisine or um, whatever healthy choice, whatever you decide to eat, that the flavor of the meal does not match the photo on the box. But that's pretty much what I've been eating for lunch for about the last 12 or 13 years. So anyways, that's in my fridge. And then also some Greek yogurt. And that's it. That's what's in my office. And so when I hear that on the first Friday of the month, the Parent Association has a beautiful um, breakfast laid out for us in the teacher workroom, um, that's kind of on the other side of campus. And so most of the time, I just don't walk over there. And you know what I'm where I'm going with this. If, if in my office, if in my drawer, I had candy, um, if in my office I had chips, if in my office I had all kinds of other things that were not healthy, then there's zero friction. Like literally I could sit in my desk working on my computer and reach and open a drawer and put a candy bar in my mouth, okay? But I'm creating friction between myself and food that I don't want to eat to make it more difficult to eat. All right. Another place where I've created friction um, with regards to my cell phone usage is in my bedroom. 
And so this goes back about two years now that um, there was one, I used to charge my phone right next to the bed. And that was a problem on two ends of things. Uh, one was when I was going to sleep or trying to go to sleep or getting ready to go to bed, that I just would be scrolling on social media, on Instagram. And that would just add all kinds of time to when I actually went to bed or went to sleep. Okay. So that was the problem with going to sleep. And then the problem with waking up was, is that I realized one day that I was looking at my cell phone, rolling over, waking up, turning off the alarm, grabbing my cell phone. And I was checking email laying in bed before I said good morning to my wife. And so since I realized after a couple weeks of trying to use self-discipline to not do that, I realized that I didn't have the self-discipline to not do that. Then I started charging my phone in the next room. And so I created friction where I can't reach my phone when I'm getting into bed, you know, and that takes away the scrolling in the evening. And I can't reach my phone in the morning when I want to check email before I say good morning to my wife. So that's creating friction. And then another example is reducing friction. And so, for example, um, probably for almost the last two months now, um, I bought an elliptical on Facebook Marketplace. And um, when our daughter, um, our 25-year-old daughter moved out um, a couple months ago, put the elliptical in her bedroom and started doing, um, you know, the elliptical in the morning before going to work. You know, get up and get on the elliptical, walk to the other end of the house and get on the elliptical. But here's the point. I reduce the friction so much that I get everything set up the night before the shoes, the socks, the shirt, the fan that's blowing on me, the water bottle, so that all I have to do is when the alarm goes off is to stand up and walk down to that room, put on the shoes and get on the elliptical. I've, if there were friction, if I had to find a pair of socks, if I had to find a t-shirt, if I had to go into the kitchen and get a water bottle, everything that's friction would make it less likely for me to do the thing. And so in when it's a good habit that I want to do, then I try to reduce the, fr the friction as much as possible. So you get the idea. Obstacles can change behavior, and a lack of obstacles can also change behavior. So we want to put things in the way of behavior we don't want to do, and we want to make it easy with behavior that we do want to do. And before I pivot to talking about your email inbox, I want to give you one last example, and this is relevant to how easy it is for you to access your email. Um, and I'm going to tell you a story about something that happened at a, at a cafeteria at a hospital. So at a, at a hospital, they did a study, they did some research, and they knew what their sales were of, of bottled water. They knew what their sales were of um, soft drinks, soda pop. And they wanted to increase the sales of water in the cafeteria at the hospital. And so what they did, they didn't remove any soft drinks from the cafeteria. They just rearranged where everything was displayed. And so they moved the water bottles to the front um, in the refrigerated section um, near the cash register where people are like grabbing something before they check out instead of that little refrigerated unit having um, soft drinks in it, they just filled it with water. 
Um, and so just they rearranged and made it much easier for people to grab a water than to grab something else. And you probably know where I'm going with this. Like the sales of water skyrocketed just because it was easier to grab. And so the problem with that is that it also works the other way. When things are easy to do, then we do them more often and all the time. And that's where I'm pivoting now to why do you need to create friction between yourself and your email inbox? Okay. Well, it's because it's way too easy to access it on your computer, on your smartphone, for many of you on your smartwatch, that it is way too easy to access your email inbox. And that's why we're dipping in and out of email all day long. And so there's two reasons why we need to create more friction between ourselves and our email inboxes. And number one is because we are addicted to our email inboxes. And number two is because of the false productivity trap. So number one, we're addicted to checking email. There's a 2021 um, Task Husky survey that I will link in the show notes at theprivateschoolleader.com slash episode 57. And that, I hear a couple stats from that survey. 48.5% of Americans are anxious about unread emails. So that's half. Half of Americans are anxious about unread emails. 60% of Americans think it is important to have no unread emails in their inbox. And 57% of Americans feel pressure to reply to emails promptly. Okay? So I have a coaching client who lives near Washington, D.C., and she's made a tremendous amount of progress but it used to be that, you know, with the tab that was open on her laptop, she could see how many unread emails were in her inbox. And she had a number. I forget what it was, 20, 25, something like that. And any time that it went above that, it almost became kind of obsessive behavior that she'd be in a meeting, she'd be whatever, and, and could see that little inbox with the little parentheses and it would have that number in it of unread emails and it would go above a certain number. And that like triggered something in her and she had to check email. It was like a compulsion, okay? And so this isn't just anecdotal here and there. Like you know this one person who is addicted to their inbox. Like these statistics, half of Americans are anxious about unread emails. 60% think that they need to have no unread emails in their inbox. 57% feel pressure to reply to emails promptly. So we get anxious and we get addicted to our email inbox. But the other reason that we're addicted to our email inbox is because of the false productivity trap. And so the false productivity trap, I did an episode on this. I think it was like episode 17. I'll link it in the show notes. <clears throat> but what the false productivity trap is, is that you feel like you're busy but your actions are not accomplishing your goals. So it's busy work and you're performing low value tasks that make you feel like you're being productive, but at the end of the day, you didn't really accomplish anything meaningful and that's the trap. The trap is, is that your brain, when it accomplishes a task, you get a little hit of dopamine, but your brain doesn't know the difference between a low value task and a high value task. 
And that's why when we don't know what to do, when we're out in the school and we're doing a thing, we come back to our office and we plop down at our desk, 90% of us or more, what do we do? We open up our email. And it's because we want to feel productive. And, you know, cleaning out your email or getting your number of unread emails down from whatever it was to a number that you can live with, that makes you feel productive, but it's false productivity. And at the end of the day, you feel like you didn't get anything done. And um, there's a Fast Company blog post where they have a quote about false productivity, and it's, quote, False productivity is when you expend your energy on tasks that don't ultimately help you reach your goals. And so we're addicted to false productivity for four reasons. One is completion bias. Two is random rewards. Three, rule of reciprocation. And four is shame attached to hustle culture. I'll just touch on these quickly because I go into them in great detail in episode 17. But Completion bias is what I talked about before. Your brain gives you a dopamine hit when you complete a task, but your brain doesn't know the difference between a low-value task like deleting an email or a high-value task. Random rewards. So it's very rare, but every once in a while, there's actually something positive in there in email. And I said, I know, it's very rare. You're like, when was the last time I had something that was positive in my inbox? I get it. But just like there is psychology behind people who sit for eight hours at a video slot machine at a casino, the there are behavioral psychologists that have consulted with casinos and they know exactly how long until they get a random reward. And B.F. Skinner's research that you probably learned about in Psych 101 about the random rewards with the lab rats. All of this is driving why you need to check email or you feel like you need to check email randomly, but all a bunch of different times throughout the day, okay? And then the third thing is rule of reciprocation. There's a very powerful social construct that if someone sends us something that we're asking for, you know, help with that report or information about this child or, you know, get back to us, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, oh, well, I got to get back to them quickly um, because it's rude if I don't. Um, I talk to a lot of people where this is a, a thing that drives them that's a strong driver for checking email frequently. And then the last thing is shame attached to the hustle culture. And um, I did an episode on that as well about, um, you know, the, the hustle culture and how to overcome it. But it's just this whole entrepreneurial, like, I pledge allegiance to the grind, rise and grind. And, you know, just that rest has now been attached to, like, laziness because of the hustle culture. And um, my point is, is that that means, you know, all the time, all the time, all the time you're doing something. Well, What is it that's easiest to do, especially when you're not at school, is to pull out your phone and to check email. And then you feel like you're busy, but you're not really accomplishing anything worthwhile. So that brings us to the final and most important part of this episode. And that is what are three ways that I can create more friction between myself and my email inbox? Number one, turn off email notifications. Number two, swipe twice 
And number three, open a window. All right. Number one, turn off email notifications. So I'll be in meetings and I'll be sitting with coworkers, some of whom have a smartwatch and their smartwatch vibrates or it lights up and they look and um, they just, I can see the little Gmail envelope or the little G for the, the Gmail logo. And I can just tell from sitting across the table from them that they just got an email. And then they'll open it up and they'll look at it. And sometimes they'll tap, tap, tap or pull open their laptop, whatever the case might be. Um, you know, and it's not just coworkers. When I'm at conferences, when I go out and do public speaking at schools, um, lots and lots of people, whether it's, and it's not just your smartwatch, you know, for most people, it's their smartphone. They're like, oh, I would never have notifications for my work email turned on on my smart, uh, my smartwatch. What about your phone? Okay, same thing. Um, before smartwatches were popular, for years, that's what I saw is, is it would vibrate, it would ding, whatever. And then someone would pick it up, pull it out of their pocket, turn it over, look at the screen. Oh, okay. Boom. They're distracted. They're responding to an email. We are so easily distracted. And we are falling into that false productivity trap. And we can do something about it. But we have to do something that might feel hard. And that is to turn off your email notifications on your devices, on your wearable device and on the smartphone that you carry with you. And I know that that might sound hard or ridiculous or scary or impossible, but I'm telling you that it will increase your productivity significantly. And if you don't believe me, just try it for one week. Just try it for one week and then see when I actually checked email on my laptop instead of on my smartwatch or my smartphone, was there anything in that email that was so urgent that it needed my attention in that moment? And this is why we have a listening crisis in our country, because we just have, there's so many different ways to distract us. And we're trying to listen to that person across from us, but we have so many things that are dinging and buzzing. And um, I'm not opposed to technology. I think that Smartwatches and smartphones are amazing and we can get a lot done. But if those email notifications are dinging, and oh, by the way, this is just a quick sidebar, I'll get on my soapbox. What if they're, you're sitting on the couch, it's 10 p.m., you've got Netflix on, you're watching a show, and your phone dings, and it's a notification. And you look and you see, oh, geez, it's from that parent. Well, can you really help yourself? Most of us can't. We're going to open it. And then, boom, just ruined our evening. And I just, I have a coaching client in California that she was telling me about this a couple weeks ago. And um, I'm like, okay, the name of this parent, just name the parent. I said, would you have invited her over to your house and had her sit next to you on your couch while you were watching that show on Netflix. And she's like, no, of course not. That No way. And I'm like, well, that's exactly what you just did when you opened that email at 10 p.m. while you're watching Netflix. So if we can't help ourselves, then let's turn off email notifications. Okay, number two, swipe twice. So I want you to try something. If you're driving, you can't do this. If you're driving to or from work listening to this podcast. But if you're somewhere where you can do this safely... Just hit the home button on your screen. 
tap your screen. How many swipes do you have to take to get to your work email icon? I'll ask you again. When you are at your home screen, when it lights up, not your lock screen, because we don't have icons on our lock screen, your home screen, how many swipes away are you from your email for school, your icon? Almost all of us are going to answer the same, the same number, and the answer is zero, because the icon for our work email is on our home screen. And so I'm going to challenge you that you need to make at least one swipe. Move the icon. It's real easy to move an icon. Again, maybe you've got, maybe you're like, Mark, I would never turn on email notifications for my work email. I got that locked down. Okay. Well, then what if for a week you moved the icon and you had to swipe twice to get to your work email icon? I'm telling you you will dip in and out of email way less often, even if it's one swipe. Two swipes are better to get to that next screen. Your email icon on your smartphone. And then the third thing is open a window. Here's what I mean. So, um, I, I'm not a Mac user. I use, um, you know, a, um, a PC with Google Suite. And I know that with Google Chrome, you can open different uh, windows. And so we have, you know, most of us have a lot of tabs open across the top. And one of the tabs I have open is email. All right. But like I said before, you know, when your email tab is open, some of us, we can see in the little parentheses on that tab, how many, how many unread emails we have. And we know exactly how many we had before that meeting started. So here's what you can do. You can open a window. If you go to the bottom of your computer screen and you hover over the Chrome logo, a little box will pop up and it'll say open window, open new window. You open a new window, you open your Gmail or your, your email in that window, and then you go back to the main uh, window that you use with your all your tabs open and you close that email tab. And then that way you don't have to see that number go up during meetings. And then you can start deciding when you check email. And you're like, yeah, right. I'm telling you, if you do one thing to help yourself be more productive at work, take the time to listen to episode seven. And even if you only listen to the part that's about scheduling time to check email, it'll take some time. But if you can build up the stamina and the self-discipline to be able to only check email at specific times of the day instead of checking email all day long, I guarantee you you're going to feel more productive and you're going to find that there's nothing urgent that's happening in email. It's very rare. There are so many ways for people to get in touch with you through you know, your smartphone, your walkie-talkie, the, in the intercom phone on your desk, when you're at school, when, when you're outside of school and someone needs to get in touch with you, they're going to call you. They're going to text you. They're not going to email you. So we can't help ourselves when it comes to dipping out of in and out of email all day long, trying to respond to those emails because of the false productivity trap and all that stuff. And so what we need to do 
is we need to create more friction. And so the big takeaways from today's episode, what is friction? Well, we know that that's two surfaces, you know, moving over one over the other, and we can either have more friction or less friction. And so what are some ways to create friction in your life? Well, I told you about, you know, the food in my office. It's that whole idea of someone who wants to stop drinking. What are they going to do? They're going to go through their house and they're going to get rid of all the alcohol. Okay. You're going to try and make obstacles between you and the bad habits you're going to make less friction and make it easy between you and the good habits. So then we want to create friction between yourself and your email inbox because data shows that we're addicted to our email inbox, that we're dipping in and out all day long and that the productivity is so low and because of the false productivity trap. And so then what are three ways that I can create more friction between myself and my email inbox? Number one is turn off email notifications. Number two is swipe twice. Move the icon on your smartphone for your email, school email. And number three is open a window on your laptop or your desktop is to just open a window and have that be where your email lives so that you can choose to go there instead of be compelled to go there because you're seeing it all the time. And then what is your call to action for this episode? one or the other. Turn off email notifications on your smartphone and your smartwatch. If you've already done that, then the call to action is to move your work email icon on your smartphone so that you have to swipe at least once. Twice is better to get to that email icon. All right. So to wrap it up, um, I want to give you another free gift And this one is called Five Strategies to Help You Work with Difficult Parents. Our parents are most of the time great, but some of them can be very demanding and emotional. And I want to give you some tools to help build better relationships and have better meetings. And so you can grab this guide at theprivateschoolleader.com slash parents. And again, that's called Five Strategies to Help You Work with Difficult Parents. And if you're getting value from this podcast, would love to hear from you. My email address is mark.o.minkus at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe and never miss an episode. Show notes for today's episode are at theprivateschoolleader.com slash episode 57. New episode comes out every week on Apple, Spotify, YouTube. Please rate and review the podcast so that it can be pushed out by the algorithm as suggested content to leaders all over the world. And I'm on Instagram at The Private School Leader, Twitter, The PS Leader. Please share this podcast with one or more leaders in your life. And I've been your host, Mark Minkus. I just want to say I appreciate you and all the amazing work that you're doing at school. Thank you so much for taking some of your precious time to join me here today on The Private School Leader Podcast. And until then, always remember to serve first, lead second, and make a difference.